Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight we're going to discuss a topic which I think will be uh, applicable and appreciated by everybody who's listening, whether you're young or old, this level or that level of, of Yiddishkeit, that this commitment, that from Kite, that this leniency, you got everything is going to be covered tonight. And I think everyone will walk away with something that was specifically for them. So please concentrate on, on what we're talking about. And if you want to scribble a note, you can do that as well. But first, I want to say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. And you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money and shopping in Gladmart. And if you want to save some time, make it life easier, come on the East 12th Street entrance and park using their um, their valet parking service. And you'll be able to get everything loaded up right after you've purchased the things in the store and be able to get away very quickly without looking for your car somewhere else. I want to uh, mention that Gladmart is having, I mean, aside from the specials that they have every week, but they have a, con- a, a raffle, which is uh, taking place right now, and it will be taking place until March 7th. You see, in Brooklyn College, uh, Jakob Schwecki and Baruch Levine are having a concert on Monday, uh, March 10th at 7.45 in uh, the Brooklyn College of Walt Whitman uh, Auditorium. And uh, the and Glotmart is giving out four for four winners that they're going to choose from the raffle. And was every time you go in there to shop in the next until the until March seventh, anytime you go in there to shop, you are eligible for the raffle. And as eligible for the raffle, the raffle is going to be picking out four times winners, and each winner gets two free tickets to the Schwecky and Levine concert, which is three which is uh, March 10th at Walt Whitman uh, Auditorium, Brooklyn College. So that's an, an added perk in shopping at Glotmart. Glotmart is, is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashmir's on the Air over J-Root Radio. And now we're going to our program tonight, which I think is a little bit unique in the sense that we're collecting a lot of information, and I think it'll be helpful. I'll tell you how it happened. Truth is, I had it in mind to do this topic, but this past week, someone called me up, a lady who we know, who's been uh, involved with our family over the years, and she wanted to know about 7-Eleven on, on Avenue J. So I told her what the Cuff K told me, uh, that they, they monitor the the cash was coming in every week or two, and uh, they try to you know they make sure that the store is only carrying kosher products in the areas that they are taking responsibility for, which is the Slurpees and the fountain sodas and things like that. And uh, that's their hashgacha. And she asked me, "Is there a mashgiach there? Are the owners religious?" So I don't know if the owners are Jewish, but they're not in the religious places open on Shabbos. And as far as a mashkiach, there's no mashkiach there. 
She said, then, well, then we don't belong in there. My family's not going to go there. My son is bothering me like crazy. He's about 10 or 11 years old. And he said to me that everybody goes there, but I'm not going to send him because that's not our standard. And I was very impressed by that. I know this woman, and I know she is from a very upkeep family, very wonderful family, very sincere family. And I was very impressive just to hear how she didn't uh, buckle under. The kid wants it. The friends do it. Not enough. Uh, she called me, make sure about what's the story with the kashmas. I told her. And I said, this is you know, a step up from everything else we've got floating around here because we don't have people have been going to the 7-Elevens and buying these Slurpees with no Ashkocha and the fountain sodas with no Ashkocha, and now we at least have something there. She said, but it's not my style. This is not our standard. Our standard is different. It's either Shomer Shabbos or Mashkiach Tamidi, something of this nature, but this doesn't make it for her standard. And I was very impressed by that, and it, and it started me thinking a little more on the topic that I wanted to deal with today. There's a pasuk in in Torah that says, "Tom, Tom, ani loedan nafshi." I'm a Tom, a, a straightforward, honest person. Don't, shouldn't I know myself? And that's really the the essence of everything. How does somebody set standards on kashrus for themselves and for the home when they get married, and they have children, and when their children come into this world? How do they? What are the standards? What are our standards? Who am I? You know, there's a chazal. I'm not going to go into the whole chazal, but everybody knows the word echo and ayeko as the same letters. When Hashem said to Adam Harishon in the, in the Gan Eden, uh, ayeko, you know, where, where are you? As if Hashem Baspark didn't know. Of course he knew where, where uh, Adam was. But lachni so, but devarimi, to get started in the conversation, to the you know to break the ice, so to speak, and to show that he's want to talk to him, he used the word ayeka. Where are you? But in reality, the Chazal tell us that ayeka can also be read echo, the same letters, and echa means where have you gone to? What's happened to you? That's echa yashva, vadad. How is how the, uh, the how has a terrible thing happened to Yerushalayim? The wonderful city of Yerushalayim has fallen to such a low depth. Ayek is really also a, is a challenge. Either a person knows where he is, and he can answer to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, or unfortunately, Echo, look what he's has become of him. So each one of us has our own abilities, our own levels that we could reach in Yiddishkeit and we're responsible to reach them. If we reach them, then then Hashem Yisbarach is going to be happy with it. If not, he's going to return and say, Echo, look what happened to you. You were going in such a great way and you could have become something, but look at you now. So this is the question each person has to struggle with, which is exactly what are my personal standards? And and it, and it's quite uh, it's quite difficult. How does somebody get that kind of decision as to what I should do? So I'm going to try to give in the next few minutes some suggestions. And when you call up, if you want to talk about this topic, which I hope you do, we'd love to hear your own suggestions or in which way these are uh, helpful or not complete. 
Let's start first with the very beginning. A person comes into this world, he's not in a vacuum. He had a father and a mother. And even if a person is a Balchuva, he had a Rebbe, he had somebody who directed him into Yiddishkeit. Nobody is functioning in a vacuum. Everybody uh, was, a, 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 was part of a family unit, had a Rebbe or a Rav or somebody who gave him some kind of uh, Ruchniyastika training, even if he didn't go to Yeshiva. And certainly if he did go to Yeshiva or, or, or Beis Yaakov, they got so much more uh, in, input from adults around them. Nobody is alone in making these decisions. A person really knows where he is at a given moment. He may not know it completely, but he really does have a background. Nobody is, is, is without that. And then a person has to look at himself and say, honestly, what am I? Uh, am I a Ben Taira? Am I a, a Yeshiva man? Am I a Balabas? Am I a Balchuva? Am I, uh, it, 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 what levels in, in, do have I reached? What levels do I want to reach? These are the questions that everybody has to analyze for themselves. And you have to realize that, we, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu does not expect as much mysterious nefesh for somebody who, whose background in Torah is more limited than somebody who has a strong background in Torah. Now, again, anybody can reach any level and struggle to reach any level. But you can't so easily skip a whole bunch of levels. And so therefore, it, when you have a spiritual background, a serious nature, then you can strive for higher heights than another person could strive for. In the end of the game, though, a person with a limited background may reach a higher level, and he may even have more chumras and more uh, stringencies, more uh, more depth to him than the man who went to yeshiva his whole life. That's no question. Everybody can reach a different level. But the point that you're at now, not where you're going to end up, the point that you're at now and where you want to reach, which is a little bit above you, what is that point? And each person has to honestly look at themselves and try to find out where they are. What's interesting, when I was preparing this little talk, I was thinking about the so, so many places that we've all seen, whether you saw it or you heard about it, but everybody knows that there is no such thing as uh, one level for all Jewish people. In the, in the Shulchan Aruch, it's filled with uh, references to a, a Yerei Shemayim, should do this, a Baal Nefesh, should be Machmir, a Ben Torah, should, uh, this, is, this is what his standard should be, a Zoriz, if he's a Zoriz, he should do this. Wherever you turn, we're mentioning different levels. There's no such thing as one size fits all. Chazal didn't look at it that way. The Poiskim and the Shulchan Aruch didn't look at it in the way. But when a person sees the words Adam uh, Choshev, in the Gemara, there are 13 references to the phrase Adam Choshev. If you look in the Gemara and Brachos and Daf Yud Tes, you'll find 13 references, Yud Testament Aleph, you'll find 13 references in Shast to the words Adam Choshev. And Adam Choshev means an important personality. In the Gemara, many times it says Adam Choshev Shani, a person who is an Adam Choshev, he's an important personality, 
the halacha is different for him. So in, in many of these cases, the Gemara is trying to answer why this person did a certain thing, why he didn't conduct himself like everybody else, or why he has to do certain types of things. And the Gemara answers, Adam Choshev Shanei. A person who is important, individual, by the way, that also says, not just Adam Choshev, there's also a phrase called Isha Choshev. Anyway, Adam Choshev is different. But this one Gemara, which I thought was uh, very interesting, and uh, I have it written down over here, so I'd like to read it to you. It's a Rashi from the Gemara on Daf, in Shabbos, Daf Kuf Mem Beis, Amud Beis. The Gemara says over there, Amar Abaye, Abaye said, Ilav the Odom Choshev Ana, if it weren't for the fact that I'm an important, important personality, Kofa Achife, Lamali, Lamali, why do I have to go ahead and take a spoon and put it on top of the straw? Because straw could be muksa, and a spoon could be used. And if it's sitting on top of it, then you could lift it up because you're lifting up the spoon together with the straw. So he says, why would I have to, if I wouldn't be an Adam Choshev, I wouldn't have to put the spoon on top of the straw. Straw is not muksa. Straw could be used to sit on. It's like a seat. So he, his psak was that you don't have to worry about straw. You don't have to put it together with something that could be moved because he felt straw could be moved. Others felt not. They felt it was muksa. So he said, but because I'm an important personality, I have to put the spoon there. Says Rashi, what's the pshat? Rashi says, If I weren't an important personage, says Abaye, and I have decided to be strict, more strict than other people, more strict than the halacha requires. I took on a stringency. Because if I don't do this, people are going to make a mistake and think that there's no muksa, these things that, that other people are talking about muksa. The, the rabbi doesn't hold from this, these issues of muksa. They're going to make a mistake and they're going to end up being Mechal Shabbos, at least the Rabbonin, they're going to be Mechal Shabbos. So therefore, Abaye said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be more strict so that people won't learn the wrong lesson from me. They won't think that something which is usr is mutter. Now, it wasn't usr, it was permitted. But he felt that if he would do it, it would give an impression to people that would be the wrong impression. And as an important personage, he had to be more careful in how he conducted himself so he was more machmir than the halacha. An interesting aside is a, a well-known story about Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechad Tzadik HaKadosh Lavrocha. Rav Moshe Feinstein has authored a uh, tshuva, in, a very well-known tshuva, about schnapps. The, the, the problem was that it was found out that certain uh, blended whiskeys were, had, had certain amount of wine added to it. Now, it wasn't a lot of wine. It was a little bit of wine. So the halacha, according to the Sadrach Moshe, is that it's bottle. It's, 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 it's nullified. 
because the uh, you don't have enough wine there for it to be called wine, for it to have an impact. At a certain uh, percentage, which is a ratio of one to six, wine becomes bottle. Not the regular ratio of one to 60, but a smaller ratio of one to six. And therefore, Al-Pi'alacha, he said that these, these, uh, this blended whiskey is kosher. But on another level, Rav Moshe said, there's a minig that some people have that they won't drink any uh, liquor that has even a small percent of wine in it if that wine is not halachically bottled in shishim. We didn't have 60 against it. So it's not kosher on the minig level, but it's kosher in the halacha level, and not everybody has that minig. But Rav Moshe had that minig. Rav Moshe would not drink schnapps that had a little bit of wine in it. And in those days, they could put up to 2%, not mention it, and therefore the concern was that it wasn't going to be bottled. It would be more than 1.666, but it was less than the the one-sixth. One to six. So therefore, the Moshe had in front of him a problem. If he's going to drink, if he's not going to drink the schnapps, everybody's going to say, schnapps, these, these blended whiskeys, is usher. But very much, Moshe didn't drink it. He, he was at a simcha, they handed it to him, and he refused. So that's what will happen. And he said, but that's not the halacha. The halacha is his mutter. So again, we don't know there's any any wine in there, but if there would be wine in there, it would have it would have been halachically acceptable, but according to the minute, it wouldn't have been acceptable. So Ramesha said, but when they serve me that schnapps, I drink it. Even though I follow the minute, but I drink it. So people shouldn't learn from me and think that it's usser. It's not usser to drink it, it's a minute. So that's a completely different take. Here, because he was an Adam Choshev, he didn't want people to learn to be too machmir. So on the one sense, in the case of the Mbaye, he was careful because who he was not to drink because, uh, I mean, not to put, I'm sorry, sorry, to put the spoon on the straw so people wouldn't make a mistake and be too lenient. And Ramosha was being strict for himself in order that people shouldn't be too machmir. And it's a very different take. But they're both important to know about, that a person has to know his level, and if he's an Adam Choshev, then a whole set of halachos are going to be different for him. But he has to figure what those are, he has to figure his level, and that's the challenge in life. We mentioned on, on this uh, radio show a famous case, I'm just going to mention it quickly, a famous story with Mar Ukva. Mar Ukva, the Gemara in Chulin, uh, Mar Ukva uh, said that he used to wait from meal to meal to dr- between meat and milk, which is what we do. I mean, we don't meal to meal, but it's a, we, our, our halach is based on mar'ukva. But he says his father used to wait a full day. If they had fleshiks on one day, t- he would wait 24 hours before having milchiks. But mar'ukva said, I am like the vinegar, the son of wine meaning that my father is pure, he's a wine, and I'm vinegar, which is sort of a wine that turns sour. So he refers to himself as a, a lower person than his father. 
because he only waited from one meal to the next, which we approximate as the six hours based according to Rashi and uh, Rambam. And Rambam, actually. So uh, the question is, why didn't Mar Ukfa do what his father did? And the answer the Sfarim bring down is that if Mar Ukfa would have done what his father did, it wouldn't be appropriate. It would have been him doing something for somebody on a higher level. The halacha didn't dictate it, and he didn't feel that he was on the level where his father was. And therefore, if he would do it, it would be gaiva. And it would be counterproductive. He would keep the, the law, but not to have the spirit of the law. He would have kept a, a chumrah. He would have done it as a chumrah like his father did. But when it ended up, that he would have come to gaiva, to haughtiness. And therefore, Ma'ukva refused to do what he knew his father did because he didn't feel that he had reached his father's madrega. And we see this in life all the time. My father's a rov, a rebbe, and my father wears a long coat. I don't do it. My father wears an up hat. I wear a down hat. I didn't reach my father's level. It's very, very nice. I wish I could, but it's not me. And that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people in the chassisha world, they wouldn't put on a strimal. I don't feel it's me. It's not, I'm not up to that level. Whatever the thing is, we all understand that we have a level. And therefore, kashras has to also play a, ro- a role in that level that we understand. A person, very few people today, fast 10 days during a Sarah Shemei Tshuva. There, there were people who did it. Very few people fast Bahab, the, ba- the base hay base, after a Yom Tov. There are people who do it. Few people left. There are many things that we don't do. Uh, most people don't do uh, tikkun chatzos, and people do. Some people do tikkun chatzos every night. Uh, very few do it, and they don't feel. People don't feel they were on that madrega. They don't feel that way, and sometimes the halacha says that there is no such person of a level uh, that used to exist. In certain halachas, we say there is no Talmud Chacham anymore for certain halachas. Some of the laws that were applied to specifically to a Talmud Chacham, we say we don't have somebody of that level. We don't have a Torah Umnasa. We don't have people who are, even though our people, we have plenty of people who are learning all day and who are Rebbe's, but they're still, they're not necessarily the same stuff as, the, as people were in the past, and the halacha is going to be different for them person has to look at what he is and what he wants to be. He has to look at where he davens, how, how he davens, who he looks up to, who are his chevra. It can't be doing these things, not just what you wish you could be, wish you could, what you really want to be. You can't just, otherwise, all of us want to be tzaddikim, want to be gedoli Israel, but are we ready to walk the walk? Are we ready to do what it takes to be these people? If you're really doing that, then you're on the road to be a gadol. And if you're on the road to the gadol, the halachas are different. And maybe your inyan of kashras also has to be different. Years ago, I met, a, 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 he was then a rebbe, and now he's a rosh yeshiva. He used to live in Lakewood, then for a long time in Brooklyn, and now he lives in Lakewood where he has a yeshiva. And I, I, 
he was talking with me about kashras a number of times. And one time he said to me, you know, when I was in Lakewood, I only ate shrita from a private shaykhet, somebody that a few people knew, and he did shrita for us, and that's all we took into our house. But now that I live in Brooklyn, it's very, very hard to get this kind of an arrangement here locally, and it's very hard to limit what, you know, eat and to take in, and the family goes to different places. It's extremely hard, and I can't keep it up anymore. So here's a man who, uh, you know, aspired to a certain level, and, uh, and, and he has to evaluate. Can I do it? And can't I do it? And that's, that's what we really all have to do. There are some people who don't eat meat. If you want to be machmir and kashvist with all the chumras today, so then stop eating meat. There are, I remember Rav Miller's atzal didn't eat meat for many, many years. I don't know if, uh, exactly when he stopped eating meat. But there, there are plenty of people who, uh, who you want, if, you, if you really want to be from, then you can go for those things. But that's not for most of us. And the best way for us to work it all out is to start with this idea of who we are, where we came from, who we are, and then the key word, make for yourself a rav. Choose somebody from the community where you live or on the telephone. Choose somebody. This is my rav. From now on, whatever he says, I do. And that, that can work. And a lot of times, the proper rav won't make you do what he does personally. In fact, he may never tell you what he does personally. He may keep that a complete secret. He could work with you on your level what you need. He can hop it. He can get it. He might understand you better than you understand yourself. person very often miscalculates. But you should know that whatever he, if he's an honest rub, a serious rub, knows something and understands you and you you know, we've spoken a little bit on the phone and you really do know each other a little bit, he's not going to lead you astray. He can shot you up, as they say. He can evaluate you and lead you on the right road. And that's, of course, the best thing, is a Selah Rav. Rav Zim and Zatzal, my Rebbe, used to teach us that Rabbi Yosef, he said, don't worry about the money. The Gemara a well-known Gemara, that from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, all the money that we're going to make is determined, except for the things that we do for a certain mitzvahs, such as uh, teaching, uh, learning Torah, and uh, uh, teaching our children Torah, I'm sorry, and, uh, and, and Shabbos and Yom Tov, Shabbos and Yom Tov, these things, it will get the money back. And my Rebbe felt, even if you don't get the money back, every penny you spend for a Chumrah in Halacha, Whatever it is, whether it's only eat these foods and they cost a little bit more, whatever it is, that's even if you don't get the money back, it's money well spent. And that's how we have to look at it. It's not lost money. It's not that it costs more to be from. It, 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 you're, you're getting pieces of Olam Haba and you're piling them up while some other people are just fressing away. You could be piling up Olam Haba. Now, we come to an important part of the whole discussion. I don't know how much more we're going to do today. Maybe we'll save some for another time. But one thing that's really important is that when you make a decision about what your madrega is in Kashrus, your standard, what you want to have in your house, you have to realize that you affects other people. Can a person, uh, you know, it, it's not an arbitrary decision. If I make a decision to... Not, no longer use this food, 
well, that's fine. Maybe it doesn't bother me. I may not even like it. But what about my wife? What about my children? What about the guests that come to the house? What about the eating in my parents' house? What about going to a chasna? What about saying no to people? What about embarrassing people? What about all that stuff? That's not nothing. So when you make a decision in Kashrus, and that was you need to say like harav, you have to take all that into account, how it affects the husband and the wife and the children and the shalom bias and also the, the, the shalom bias of the rest of the family. I remember many discussions with my Rebbe Zatzal over just these issues of where we're supposed to go. My wife and I many times discussed where, what we should do in particular cases, and you need that direction. It's very helpful in, uh, in, in going forward. Another thing you have to know that if a man gets married, this is already in halacha, if you, I don't have the source right now, but if somebody needs to find it, I'll try to find it for them. But the, it's, it clearly states that one cannot change what they required, what, what they were doing before they were married without the, uh, without, without the, um, uh, without the uh, concurrence of their partner. And if a man has, uh, uh, had, let's say, let's take Yoshin. If he always ate Yoshin, he always ate without looking for Yoshin and he wants to go and be mocked, but only on Yoshin today and nothing can come out to my house, it's not Yoshin. And then nothing, no Shalach Manas, no this, and everything is, and you can't eat that anymore, you can't eat this anymore. That's something that has to be taken up together with the wife. That's something they have to agree upon. They have to be together on it. If they can't be together on it, that's something you have to discuss with the Rav because it's not, a, a person could be personally machmir, but then you have to do it in a subdued way where it's not conflicting with the family. But if you start conflicting with the family and demanding something, that halachically is unacceptable. A man has to, a woman has to understand when she gets married, this is the man that I'm marrying, and he shouldn't become something else different later on, unless she, of course, agrees with him. And also the kids, we've talked about that on other shows too. You've got to be very, very careful how the kids feel about it, because they're invited to other kids' houses, they're invited, they eat, they will serve things in school. If you teach them they can't eat this and they can't eat that, what you're doing is going to be frustrating them. And in some cases, it's going to lead to estrangement from the parents. Or it's going to be estrangement from the friends, which is also not such a good choice because they, they do need to get have socialization. Another point that uh, we should all remember is that whenever you accept something in a madrega, a certain standard, you're increasing it, you always say, Bolineda. When we, many of us, came from the world where there was no Chal Yisrael going way, way back. In my days in yeshiva, I remember when we didn't have Chal Yisrael, so the Rosh Yeshiva told us, get out, go out and buy Chal Stam. But Chal Yisrael wasn't so available in, when I was a younger person. And the, uh, the question came up when we were, became Nizer on Chal Yisrael, how should we view it? The Hasidic world viewed Chal Stam the non-Jewish milk, as non-kosher. But Ramosha Feinstein clearly said that if you don't have anything else available, then you could rely on it based upon his understanding that the government has a certain control, and that is like it was seen by, observed by Jews. So that was his position, and we, as living in his, when he was the God of Israel in America, so we accepted, most of us accepted Chol of Israel based on Ramosha's heter, and we said, we're doing it l'chumra. So some people said, you know, and 
And if they had to go out of town, maybe they bought, they bought regular milk. Or at least they said, or at least they said it's a chumrah. So therefore, halachically, as a different status than a person who accepts it as the halacha, that it's not kosher. It's a very big difference. I don't want to discuss it tonight, but that's something you can discuss with your rub. So again, if you accept some of these things, be careful in how you accept it. I, I think I've talked enough, even though I have much more on my paper here, and uh, just want to throw one, uh, one, one, one more chazal, one more pasuk at you uh, from Mishlei. Shena kat kesef, uvechat monrin tichas psena. In Mishlei it says, and the Vilna Gon explains that mitzvos are temunim ustefunim biyado. Their mitzvahs are hidden in our hand until the time that we discover them and take them out. And that's why we have to search for them. So the mitzvah of kashras is something also that we grow into. We, we, we understand it more and more. Some of these things come up, for example, with the water and the uh, certain vegetables and fruits. Can we live that way? Can we not live that way, eating certain things and checking all the time? These are all issues where we're actually discovering mitzvos, and they, we have to search for them just the way we search for Torah, to Gekesef, and that list another last point that everybody should remember. Elu ve'elu. Elu ve'elu divrael kim chayim. And Hillel and Shammai lived together and they disagreed on the foods and disagreed on who could marry, uh, the persons who could be married uh, to a Jewish person and not. And still in all, they lived together and shared together. And that's how we have to live. If somebody is more machmir than me, I shouldn't look at him as a fafrumta. I shouldn't talk against him. If somebody's less demanding than me in kashras, I shouldn't look down upon him and say that he's doing a virus. Now, how could they both be right? The answer is what I've talked about tonight. They're doing their madrega. If a person does his madrega, Hashem is happy with that. He's not expecting everybody to be a, a carbon copy of one human being. He's expecting everybody to express themselves differently. And it could be that a person is not as machmir and he's got more lamhaba than the other person does. So we can't go like that. But on the other hand, you can't say it doesn't all count. You can't say, well, it can't be that everyone, uh, I, the water, what about all the people who are drinking the water? Well, they're, not, they're not goyim. So you can't, but of course they're not goyim. And of course you're not excited because you didn't drink the water you put a filter on. But on the other hand, you have to look at it from both points of view. I have to do what I have to do, what my madrig is, what I understand through talking to my rebellion, working it out with my spouse, understanding who I am. I have to do what my madrig demands. And he, he has to do what his madrig demands. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to give out the rewards and not I giving out the rewards and the punishment. So without further ado, I'm going to call everybody to the uh, phone lines. If you'd like to speak with us about the topic we talked about tonight, I'd be appreciate it. But if not, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. And our telephone numbers are 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And the texting line is 347 347- 927-8398. You could text us at 347-927-8398. Or you can call us direct at the studio 
starting now, 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. Well, while we're waiting for people to call in, I just mentioned to you that we had the very successful program this past Sunday. A number of people who heard about us on the radio came down to see the demonstrations about uh, Bidikas Toloyim that I, that I did with the Oilam that was there. And uh, it was a very wonderful program. We have an ongoing program. It's called A Course in Kashmir's Course, which I do from 11.30 till 12.45, Sunday mornings for men only. Again, it's 11.30 to 12.45 for men only on Sunday mornings at 1358 East 13th Street, 1358 East 13th Street, between avenues M and N, 1358 East 13th Street, 1130 on Sunday mornings. There's no charge, and we're doing different topics every week. So uh, please come and join us. We'll learn some of the halachas inside, plus we learn a lot of practical things that we'll be discussing there as well. Uh, uh, We have... uh, number of calls coming in, and uh, first I'd like to mention that I got a call here, I mean a text here, people asking, what is the difference between glot-based Yosef for the Svardim and glot-based Yosef for the Ashkenazim? The real difference is how glot it is, and uh, they, have, they have different uh, levels, and so the, the Svardim uh, try to get what they consider to be uh, a more pure-based Yosef. See, all this this whole concept of glat kosher and Yosef, which means really glat, it, it's all a little bit of a... It's all a little bit unclear because there's a challenge. You want to get enough meat to satisfy the people who are requesting it. So they get a little more liberal in what they call... Glat, glat, or what they call Beit Yosef. So that's the, the issue, and then the Svartim are happy with the, what they have from their Hashkachas, and I don't have to get lost in that. Okay, we have a lot of calls. Go ahead. Yaron Kashvis on the air. Can I help you? Yes, yes you could. I wanted to ask you regarding the Chol of Yisrael, I personally eat Chol and I know how important it is to eat Chol of Yisrael, but I also see how sometimes you know, eating Chol of Yisrael doesn't necessarily make me feel like I'm doing so much better, such a better thing in the world, you know? I, I, I'm very happy you asked that question, and I think it's a very important question. Let me, let me tell you, we told a story here a while back. It's a wonderful story. It's a story by Ruvain Feinstein, where in his yeshiva in the Staten Island, he had, this number, this many years ago, uh, he had a, a boy who only ate Chal of Israel, and many of the boys in the yeshiva, at that time, I don't know what's the situation today, but at that time, many of the boys ate Chal of Stam. They went to Carvel, and they bought the ice creams there. And the, the Rebbeim uh, were more impressed by some of these other boys than by the boy who kept Chal of Israel. And it burned him up. It burned him up. Because he said that, uh, you know, he was taught in his house if you eat chal of stam, du bist the You're a goy. And it bothered him terribly. So either they're getting honor from the rebellion, and they eat chal of stam. How could that be? And he left yeshiva 
and eventually he didn't stay in Torah. So that's what Rob Feinstein says. He says, so you see, it's not right to say, to put down the other side. It's very, very wrong. And, and that's how we have to feel. Either side has to feel that way. I'll explain to you what it is. You can't get high. Let me, let me just finish it. We're trying to answer your question. You can't get high on keeping Chol of Israel. It's not like a, it's not it's not like something that's uh, you know a Sephardic uh, food tastes different than Ashkenaz food. It's not going to taste any different. It's going to look the same. It may cost even more. But the reason the, the difference is that even if Ramosha Feinstein is right, there's there's still a halacha on the books called Chal of Israel, and the people who are doing Chal of Israel are getting reward for that. It doesn't mean that you're not get you're not doing kosher, but the people who do chal of Israel are getting a reward, and that's that's how we have to look at it. Go ahead. You wanted to say something? I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying to me, and I don't disagree with you. It's just that I've been I've been so used to it one way, and I see that I have personally a lot of friends who who are who do keep chal of Israel. But, they're, but they have it the opposite way around. They're not doing other stuff, you know? And I don't see that the Chal of Yisrael is making someone feel like they're so much more connected to Yiddishkeit. It, it doesn't do... It, it, can't, it can't be a, an instant fix. But it's what I was talking about tonight was your madrega, your level. If a person feels, you know, on my level, I should start doing this, that's what he should do. And he has to... It's a personal choice. No one is going to say that what you're doing is wrong. I would not say it. Maybe there are people who say it, but I wouldn't say it. I would say what you're doing is fine. And if you don't feel motivated, I would say that's fine. But if you would say to me, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm toying with the idea, do you think there's value in it? I would say 100%. But I don't see anything. You're right, you don't see anything. But you're choosing to, to be with the group that sees here that the, the uh, tradition that we're trying to do. And Rav Moshe Feinstein himself never said you don't have an issue of Chal Israel. He said that you don't have to have it. He doesn't say that we should abandon it. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the way we've always kept it up, that we can appreciate a certain standard, but we might want to improve. I think you have to work on that, and don't look at the friends that are like that. Look at how many very special people are careful about Chal Israel. Uh, many special people and special yeshivas. How many people that you you know about, whether you whether they're your friends and your associates, but think about them. And if you feel you want to change, there is a reason to change. Yes. Do you have to? No, you don't have to. Thank you for the call. Thank you very much. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I was wondering. I recently purchased on a on a Shoprite can sale a tuna. I think it's either I'm in my car. I know either Starkist or Bumblebee, maybe Chicken of the Sea. And then someone had said perhaps there's a Shiloh on the costress of it, and to use one of the quote unquote from brands. Is there in fact a question on one of these brands? There are there are there are two issues about tuna fish. Uh, we okay. could do a whole show on it, but the two issues are like this. One is you're supposed to see that a fish is kosher. It's a responsibility 
just like we're talking about Chal Yisrael, you're supposed to make sure the, the milk is from a kosher animal. You have a responsibility to see the two signs that the Torah gives, the, the, uh, the, the fins and scales. The halacha says that as long as you see scales, you don't need to see fins because every that has scales, say every fish that has uh, scales has fins. So you don't have to, all you have to know is the scales are there. So you have to see the scales, you have to see the fish. In these plants that you're talking about that are under uh, OU or another company that Hashkacha that doesn't have a mashkiach there, there's no mashkiach in the plant whatsoever. Not one. Nobody, it, the entire plant is Jewish. It's being produced in a non uh, a foreign facility, uh, and things are running the way they would like it to run, and they make visitations. There is no mashkiach whatsoever. So we, first of all, feel that you need a mashkiach to observe the fish. This is a, a halacha. And uh, how, the, how that's avoided, I'll answer in just a minute. And the second question is, bishal uh, akum, that the, a food has to be cooked by a Jew, it can't be cooked by a non-Jew. Now that food has to be only certain things are affected by it. So something that, let's say an apple, you can eat an apple raw, is not affected. Uh, something which uh, um, is, is not important, uh, not chashuv, not, not, not significant, is also not included. Question mark of what that is, but let's, let's leave that aside. So in other words, some foods uh, could be exempted. So the position of the OU is that tuna fish, the kind of tuna fish you get in the can, is exempt from bishal akum. The position of the other rabbanim is that it's not exempt. You need to have bishal Yisrael. There is no bishal Yisrael in a plant where there's no Jew there. I can assure you of that. So, uh, so that's, those are the two main issues. Now, the position with the OU on why they don't have anybody observing it is that they feel that the system itself is set up in a way in which you cannot get a non-kosher fish working in that facility. And that's their decision, their poiskim, etc. But yes, it's a very big split uh, between uh, the, the OU on a tuna fish and uh, a Hamish brand, which does have somebody there at the production, hopefully checking all the fish or able to check the fish at least, and uh, watching the production and making sure it's species rare. I hear. So, if I, in other words, if I understand you correctly, if I were to return the cans, it would be called Well, I mean, again, we're, we're talking tonight about Madragas, about different right. levels. This is your, this, this your call where you okay. feel you fit. But there's no question that uh, the camp that uses uh, Bishal Yisrael uh, fish, etc., is definitely. Uh, you know, the, the, the more right-wing Haredi uh, group. I, I just, an aside, the OU, I don't know what their current policy is, but for Pesach, they used to have uh, sp- certain fish. I, don't, I haven't followed the last few years. You can check it out with the OU, that, that for Pesach, they have Meshkiachim at the plant, and that therefore they try to make it a, a Bisha Yisrael uh, as well. But I don't know if they really are uh, watching the uh, uh, watching the fish, and I don't know uh, about the Bishi Israel because their their position is it's not necessary. So I don't know really what they do. You'd have to find out from the OU. Thank you for the call. Okay, we have uh, uh, they're lighting up all over here, but let me just uh, answer somebody's question here. It was uh, texted in: Is Yashin still a mitzvah today? If not, why not? 
Yashin is definitely a mitzvah today. Uh, if we definitely have to have, um, uh, you have to have Yashin, except that we're talking about Chutzlaretz is a different set of halachas, and Bismana uh, Zez, like he says, is a different set of halachas. But there's no question that one should have in Israel all, all. I'm underlining that all the hashkachas in Israel require Yashin, not some, all of the hashkachos in Israel require Yashin. And people who live in Israel come to America are unaware that they're, being, they're eating Chodesh in America. So that's a very interesting twist in life. The halach is more strict in Israel than it is in Chutz Laaretz. And that's why the people at Chutz Laaretz have been more makel about it, so strict about it. But however, uh, it is available today. It's easily available today. And those people who want to avail themselves of it, they're going to get an extra mitzvah being careful about Yoshin. You cannot throw stones at anybody because definitely, halachically, it is less of an issue in Chutz Laaretz. And since we cannot determine 100% what is Yoshin and what is not, I stress that we cannot determine 100% what is Yoshin and what is not. And therefore, many people are lenient. There were Chashev Yidin from the past generation, I know one in particular, who said again and again, you cannot prove to me that we have more than 50% Chadash. You cannot prove it to me. So therefore, if we don't have more than 50% Chadash, I don't have to worry about it. So these are issues that are that are, are there, but now with the availability of Yashin so easily, I, I dare you to find in Flatbush a, uh, a, a pizza store or a bakery that isn't Yashin. I dare you to find one. I don't think there is one here at all. So that the life has, and the caterer that is not Makhbet on Yashin here in Flatbush. I think it's almost impossible to find it. Whereas about 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't find one. Thank you very much. We have a, just, uh, we have a model of callers here. Uh, go ahead, please. You're on. Hello. The, yes, you're on the air. Me? Yes, you're on. Yeah, hi. I want to ask two things. First thing I want to say, when you said that uh, Yashon, um, it actually, first of all, there's a show, it's Teresa. So, of course, every place is uh, marked on it. It's a show, even Labor's Manamikdosh, it's Teresa, according to everybody. Right. Uh, but the Chutzlar, it's, the, uh, it's, uh, it's all on, on the pool of the Bach, but it's, it's something uh, way, way it's, it's from the top stuff to be marked on from what you spoke about tonight, by far. By far the top stuff to be marked on, because it's a sheet of Yechida that holds that you're not high in Yashon, in Chutzlar, it's Shalabiz Manamikdosh, and that's the Bach. Other than the Bach, now a single reshoring or early Afrin was Mac of skin with him at all because the later Afrinim and Litta were not marked because it was nearly impossible besides certain specific ones. The Mishnah the Chavetzchayim writes that you that I don't remember the Russian, but he writes in some way. That you could be maker on it, but the, it's it's the door for whoever does research. Uh, the Chavetz Chaim himself was majorly not good, and he would never touch anything with flour without the Yashon flour one hundred percent. 
and they put a set aside for him, special Yasha Flower as the love of the town. That was my first. Okay, wait, 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 I, I have a million calls, but what? Just let me just uh, let me just say a little response here. First of all, uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, the the the, the uh status maybe fifteen years ago was that almost nobody was nizer on it, or twenty years ago, no one was no one was nizer. My Rebbe was always machben on it, but most people didn't. I I it, it, it I mean the, the yeshivas weren't, and not, it was, just wasn't. So as 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 dramatic as you make it. People were not doing in chutzlaritz, and therefore, if an individual has to make that that personal determination, if they would like to join the masses who are doing yashin today, or they don't want to, and the, the most by the way, I want to comment about that. By the way, you Let, should know I asked Karim's mashgiach, Weissmann or Mansi. I think it's Weissmann. I remember I checked what the mashgiach is. I called it up. They said Klar, one hundred percent not yashin. Karim. They take out and sell as much as discount. I, 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 we don't have to discuss individual places. That everybody can find it for themselves. But one right, second. Right, but you okay. said that you doubt that there's a single place. I'm very mad very awesome. And uh, I went around searching, and the bakeries, you're right, all the big bakeries are all awesome. But the uh, restaurants and stuff, the, the, the Chinese dough is hard to make with Yoshan flour. And the... In every recipe, they have different difficulties where Yashan flour comes comes in hand. Okay, they I, don't I make all the same stuff. I have to, I have to go on to other calls. I thank you very much for your call. Before we before okay. we put some before we put somebody else on, let me just respond a little more to that with the previous caller. Uh, it, it's again, we feel very strongly that this is still an issue that is a personal one. A person has to decide. If they want to go Yashin or they don't want to go Yashin, they still have to decide. It's, but I'll tell you what, years ago when we went into Yashin, what one Runrov told me, he said, Yasef, go into it slowly. And everybody who does it, I, I, I suggest that for all these issues, but it's certainly for Yashin. Select things like Shabbos, Chalas. We're baking Chalas. We're baking things for Purim. That's a good time. I make sure the flour is yashin. How do you make sure? Either it says in the package, or you get the the, the booklet from um, f- from Rabbi Herm, Mr. Herman. Uh, it doesn't cost anything if you get it over the internet. If you get it in, in writing, so it costs a little bit of money. If you're confused about it, where it is, call us at seven one eight three three six eight five four four. We'll get it. We'll get you uh, in touch with the people there for the yashin booklet. But the point is, if you're doing yashin, ease into it like everything else. You can't necessarily grab everything and say, I'll never ever eat Chodesh things again that, that don't have a Yashin sign or sticker on it, or I check in the book every little code. It's making me crazy. Try it out if you're interested. And you are going into a group. You're, you're, you're joining a group that is a very important group. As what he mentioned about the Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim said, and this is almost the same thing I'm saying now, he said, even though it's maybe very difficult or impossible, for the people at his time to observe Yashin, he said, you got to try to do what you can do. That's basically what he said. And if you want to see it, it's in the end of Hilchus Pesa. We'll go on to the next caller. Go ahead. Hi. Go ahead. Hello. Thank you so much for your show. I find it extremely helpful. Thank you. Okay. I have a question. I recently bought a package of planters, dry roasted peanuts, and I didn't look before I bought it. 
Mm-hmm. But I noticed it was just a little K on the package. Yeah, it's got gelatin in it, right? Right, I did notice the yeah. gelatin. So right. But it is like, I'll explain to you. K, you... means compl- nothing to right. me. It means nothing at all. K, okay. mean, K means anybody who produces a product could put a K on it. If the product would be trafe, then there would be trouble for them. But if it's not trafe, they could put a K on, and they don't need a rabbi. They don't have to be Jewish. They don't have to. They don't have to any proof of it's kosher. Just if it's not unkosher, they could put a K on it. Mm-hmm. And that's their choice. Okay. Now this K probably represents a certain rabbi, but that's a kind of rabbi that there you was wouldn't nothing have. Intricate that about you wouldn't. The K. Have, that rabbi is somebody that you wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't, even wouldn't have been interested in, and that's why he doesn't put a symbol with his name on it, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens is that uh, they are used to this product. They've been making it for years and years and years, and it's a, a good selling item, and they're not going to take it out. Now, mm-hmm. the OU gives a shkach on some planters' products, and in mm-hmm. all these companies where they have these things like that, they'll, they'll pull back and not give on certain products, just make sure they're not running the same line, the same packaging, etc. But they, they have to let it go, because otherwise the company would drop the OU if mm-hmm. the OU said, you can't have a product like that. So they, have, they want that product line, and they will do it. And the gelatin that you're talking about is not gelatin from fish gelatin. It's, it's not a gelatin from, from uh, OU certified gelatin. It's a gelatin that has no hashkacha other than they, put, they call all gelatin kosher. Wow. Because gelatin is a derivative of bones and mm-hmm. hides. And their feeling of some rabbanim is that that's significant, that's sufficient. It's true that there was a great poisek, Chaim Oizekuzinski, who paskened that way, but that is if it would be under proper production. We don't feel that the production is being done by these gentlemen mm-hmm. who give these hashgachas, and there are many of them who are doing this, we don't feel that they're doing something which is according to uh, Chaim would have wanted. So buying planters' products, one has no, no, to no. be extremely careful checking for which one has what has on it. Okay, we, we got only have one more minute. One Thank le- you so much. Okay, we're gonna, that's the last call for the day. Okay, and this is that's the last call for the day. We're going to have to go now. I'm going to just remind the people of a few things. Number one, we just came out with our new Cautious magazine. If you'd like to call us, you can sign up at 718-336-8544. It talks about Mashkichot in Israel, Caterer's Secret, Garlic, Pineapple, Briss Miller, Kosher in Australia, Denmark, Florida, Scandinavia, Israel, and even in Brooklyn. We have the big Shechita debate in the British Parliament featured. It's a wonderful, uh, there's some great stories in there, and I think you'd enjoy it very much. If you'd like to, call us at 718-336-8544, or you can always email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And I want to remind again, men, come join us on Sunday, 11.30 to 12.45, our Kashrus course. You'll find it very, very interesting. And that is at 1358 East 13th Street, 1358 East 13th Street, uh, between M&N at 11.30 on Sunday. Thank you very much for joining us on Kashrus on the Air.